Welcome to Frank Coach's Franchising 101 podcast series. Here we talk about all things franchising. What is it all about? Is it for you? How do you find the best one to own? And so much more. Now your host, Tim Parmeter. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the latest edition of Fran Coach's Franchising 101 podcast. I am Tim Parmeter, founder and CEO of Fran Coach, and your Franchising 101 host. Today, we have not one, but two incredibly special guests to join us uh, today. And they are coming from Entrepreneur Media, really the Entrepreneur Media, to talk about their 44th annual Franchise 500 list. Um, excited to hear the insights into the list but also just franchising industry as a whole. Uh, so joining us today uh, is the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, Mr. Jason Pfeiffer, and vice president of franchising, Ms. Leanne Caruso. Thanks, guys, for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Oh, thank you. Leanne, this is, uh, I think you're the leader in the clubhouse now. Is this fourth <laughs> Uh, appearance on the show and and the the current as we've stated so far the only guest host we've ever had so one more appearance and you get a velvet jacket so yes uh, i only keep doing it for all the uh tchotchkes you keep sending me so for all all the merch yeah jason this is your second one so you know maybe if if you do well today maybe we'll get you like a franchising one-on-one mug or something so look oh it's exciting the stakes are high (laughs) They, they are they are indeed um so thank you guys uh, again. I know we did this, this, this we talked before we came on, like our second annual uh, talking about the franchise 500 list. And so thank you guys for both coming on again. Um, Vanna, if you want to do the honors, I want to, I want to, I want to plug, plug our boy here, Jason, um, in addition to everything else he does, which is also a podcast, uh, is a big time published author build for tomorrow. So Jason, I know this just came out what couple couple months ago, correct? Yeah. Um, I saw a super cool picture of you in Times Square um, with uh, prom- promoting the promoting the book. So, congratulations on that. Um, you want to like give us a quick little peek at that? Oh, sure. Well, I feel like we should do this at the end because the franchise five hundred is more relevant than um, the, to, to a franchising audience. But I'll say briefly, I wrote this book. Because what I found is that the most important skill that any entrepreneur can have is adaptability, which is very, very relevant, actually, to the conversation that we're having here. Because what we always have with the Franchise 500 are a lot of companies that have been on the list for sometimes decades because they have been so adaptable and they have understood that the needs of their consumer today are not necessarily the needs of their consumer tomorrow. And then you have a lot of new entrants to the list because uh, the world changes and that creates new opportunities. And for those young franchises, their great challenge will be not just seizing the moment right now, but then also figuring out how to grow with their consumer and with their industry. So the book is, yeah, it's called Build for Tomorrow. It's structured in this argument, which is that all change happens at four phases, panic, adaptation, new normal, and wouldn't go back. And that the goal for everybody should be to figure out how to move through those phases most efficiently, to use panic not to hold you back, but rather to propel you forward to new opportunities and to ultimately get to a place where you say, I have something so new and valuable that I wouldn't want to go back to a time before I had it. Awesome. No, and I, what I think that is, and thanks for for sharing that. I do want to get to the Franchise 500, but the, like... 
that is being an entrepreneur. It is being a business owner, right? You're going to have those days. It's not all rainbows and unicorns. You're going to go, oh my goodness, what is going on? And um, that adaptability. And I think if anything, the last few years, you know, it's 2023 now, it's not 2020 anymore, but if that, I mean, that's probably scarred all of us for a long time of, you gotta be, you, you've gotta be able to, to, to adapt and, and, uh, and be able to at least see things coming uh, for that. So, yeah. so very, very and, cool. And, and, and I should say like, it's important for people in franchising to recognize that that applies to them. To, that applies to a franchisee too. Even if you have bought into a proven system, that doesn't mean that you get to just hang out because things are going to change. You, one of the big things that entrepreneurs and leaders have been talking about for the last year or two is the change in the labor force and how it's harder to attract and retain great talent. And that, look, you can get guidance from a franchisor about that, but it's 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 on you to attack, attract and retain great talent to make sure that you're running a business that people are really excited to join you on the journey of. And I've heard lots of really interesting insights from people in this space and outside about how they're managing that and how they're making sure that they are creating a space that is exciting for others to join in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love it. So thanks. Um, again, I just wanted to uh, one thing, congrats to you on that. Thank and you. if you don't have the book, go, go, go buy it. So thank you. Um, let's talk about what we're really here for is the franchise 500 list. So this is the 44th year of this. Um, and certainly want to get into the, to, to the list, but there are 3,000, 4,000. I think we're pushing like 4,000 franchise brands out there, right? Um, how does a franchise even get considered? How do they get in the list? Talk about some of the things that goes into kind of compiling this because it's no easy undertaking for you guys to do. Yeah, that's correct. Um, so basically we put out a call for anybody who wants to um, ap apply for the Franchise 500. And it's from the previous year's um, data, basically their financials, their marketing, their unit growth, their unit decline, perhaps um, anything that they do to support the franchisees. And so there's a questionnaire and they have to follow it up with the documents um, that we do have fact checkers and we do have people who go through every single document to make sure that it is accurate. Also align it with previous years to make sure that the, the, the information is correct. Um, they have to provide their FDD. And so it's a very big process on our end in order to go through the applicants and um, check through all of their information. Um, we put that into a magical system and that spits out um, a, a, a basically a ranking and an order of all of the entrants. So this year we had the most competitive year ever, which is very exciting. We had over 13 applicants. Um, so that, and we got, we got some big ones this year. So that definitely affected some of the numbers, but um, it's been, it's been an exciting year. And, um, and then we, then we basically rank them on a system of five pillars. Uh, overall, I won't go into the 300 data points that we collect in order to come to that number. Um, but it's through costs and fees, support, size and growth, brand strength, and financial strength and stability. So that's how all of the numbers come together through basically, like I said, a series of data points. And then and then we we have the franchise 500. So with 1300, that means that only 38% of people who applied made the list. And um, so it's a very, very competitive list this year. And we're very excited about that. 
Gotcha. Awesome. What's um, so talk a little bit. I want to go into some of the ones that are on there, some of the things that you've seen, but also kind of maybe point out just because you're not on the franchise 500 list doesn't mean you're a bad franchise um, or even that you're on there. It's the it's the right one. But as you guys look at the things every kind of year in, year out, um, what were some trends or some maybe some changes you saw uh, from from this year over last year, or even the last couple? Uh, some trends and some changes, I would say that, like I said, we had some bigger brands uh, apply this year. Um, we have some new concepts that didn't make the list, but they sure are interesting. So so what we have seen is that franchising is consistent and um, we are coming out with a new Hall of Fame awards this year in the March and April issue. And so what that's also highlighted from these lists is people who have consistently been on the list year over year. And we do have brands that have been on the list all 44 years um, which is pretty cool to see. Uh, we're going to do some some features on their brand growth and you know where they were, where they are now. Uh, so so I think what we see is consistency is really key to maintaining um, your spot on the list. But but like you said, even if they didn't make the list, that's okay. We still have other lists that they can make throughout the year, um, and those are like top food, top top mobile, um, fastest growing, which is which is some interesting things that we've seen. We have people who made the list. We have we have a story in here um, about big movers. And so those are brands, we have some brands that were moved 400 spots from last year to this year, and they weren't on the list last year. So it's been, it's been great to see that people coming out of COVID, if you will say, and, and their growth and the things that they've done to maintain relevancy and be pillars in their community to, to continue to grow. Um, it's, it's been exciting to watch. You know, I'm going to just add a couple of thoughts here. Um, so the most interesting, perhaps interesting two or three sentences in the whole thing for me came out of this piece that we ran about Culver's, which was number eight on the list. And I'm just going to read it to you because I feel like it's it's representative of the project that we're up to here and about how an individual can think about pursuing uh, and exploring the franchise that is right for them. So here's, so, okay. So, you know, obviously it's a franchise 500. Uh, we can't run stories on all 500 because we're not publishing encyclopedias. So instead what we do is uh, uh, we have all the rankings and a lot of stories. And then we dive into uh, specifically what created the top 10, like what, what, what were the top 10 companies doing over the past year that drove the kind of, growth and strength that landed them where they were. And the top 10 has a lot of very large brands. Taco Bell is number one. The UPS store is in there. Duncan, um, Kumon. But then there's Culver's. So Culver's is a Wisconsin-based burger joint. And here, I'm just going to read you the beginning here because it's so interesting. So you wrote, by one measure, Culver's had a low-key year. The Wisconsin-based burger joint opened only approximately 55 locations in 2022, and it's the smallest brand in the top 10 in terms of total units. But by a uniquely telling measure, Culver's excelled. It had zero terminations or closures between 2019 and 2022. That's especially impressive given the challenging headwinds that fast casual restaurants faced during the, uh, during the those years. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing that up is because this isn't just about size. It's really important for people to understand that. Because if we were just going to rank the franchise brands by size, the rankings wouldn't change all that much every year. And also for people who are looking 
for the right franchise for them if they were only measuring things by size? Well, first of all, a lot of brands would be out of reach for the average person because it takes, you know, it's, it's not cheap to buy a Taco Bell, but that's not really the thing that you need to be looking for. What you need to be looking for is how does this company seem prepared to drive success? And Culver's is a, just a really interesting example. I mean, they they have this consist. They are not the biggest brand in the world, but they have this very consistent strength and growth. And and they figured out a system to succeed. I mean, no terminations or closures between 2019 and 2022 in an incredibly challenging industry. 2019, that's before the pandemic, through the pandemic. That's that's incredible. And that's worth celebrating. And so I think when we look at the trends that we're seeing in the Franchise 500, you know, we're seeing ups and downs of specific uh, industries and categories. And, and that's all very interesting, uh, right? And in in this year, for example, we saw real strength in some industries such as, uh, um, so the health and wellness category has, uh, was really thriving this this year. You see it in the in, in the number of brands that appeared on the list and where they appeared on the list. And these are things like assisted stretching, chiropractic services, CBD, eye care, uh, but also um, um, home repair category uh, did really well. Drywall, drywall repair, electrical services, pest control, and you can understand why people are concerned about their health. They're staying at home more, so they're also concerned about their homes. Um, so it's interesting to see that stuff, and that's really worth thinking about when you're thinking about what industry do you want to enter, what category do you want to enter. But then it's also really important to understand how these individual brands are set up for success and the success of their franchisees. And that often comes down to understanding, you know, granular things like, uh, like, like closures and, um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the success of the individual franchisees. No, that's, and that's a, that's a great story. I'm hungry for a butter burger from Culver's if you guys <laughs> ever had one, um, at the moment, but, but that goes back to, you know, kind of what we talked about it and, uh, you know, that, adaptability and, you know, are, are we going to, I just don't think you can be, I guess you can be stuck in your ways and never going to make any changes, but you've got to be able to, to evolve and, and adapt. And from a franchise, franchise or standpoint like Culver's, but to me, that also tells me they've done a very good job of vetting their potential franchise owners for people mm -hmm. that are like, can, can you adapt? Can you evolve? Can you make, can you make changes? Um, because I just, I, I think it's kind of adapt or die at this point. So, um, Good point. very cool. Jason, you, you I know you, you mentioned that one, but along throughout the, the, the list and, and really the entire, um, the, the entire magazine for, for this, well, these two months, right. For the franchise 500, you've got a lot of different stories in there. Mm -hmm. You mentioned, mentioned the Culver's, um, any others really kind of stand out to you that, um, that are worth kind of talking about a little bit. Yeah, well, Leanne had mentioned that we do this big movers uh, piece, which is where we look at the companies that made the largest leaps in the list. Sometimes they weren't on the list last year, and now they're in the middle of the pack. And, and, and sometimes they were lower in the list, and then they rose really substantially. And so we always, well, always, we've done this for the last two years, but we'll keep doing it because it's very interesting, is we have a reporter, we, we identify some of those brands and then we have a reporter reach out and basically say, what did you do? Like what happened in the last year that changed the the numbers for you? 
And the reaction that you're getting is is really interesting. I mean, you're seeing you're really seeing a couple things. Uh, sometimes you're seeing brands that have been building towards this for a number of years. They they understood that they needed to fix the foundations of their business, and so the last couple of years have been very intentional planning for growth. Uh, almost, <laughs> I'm a basketball fan, so I you know it's almost like uh, you know when you when you uh, scrap the team and start over, and you know you're not going to make the playoffs this year, but three years from now, you're going to be in the finals. Like that's, that's good planning, frankly. So it's really interesting to see that, but then also sometimes it's, it's brands who, who stepped back and identified a specific challenge that they were facing and figured out how to, uh, how to overcome it. Uh, there's one brand I'm, I'm trying to, as we're talking, uh, if I don't find it fast enough, I'll come back to it. Um, that was really interesting because they had recognized that there was too long of a gap between their franchisees, um, uh, their, yeah, I'll, I'll find it in a second. Between their, it was, it was the problem was that their 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 new franchisees were getting so consumed with the complexities of getting the uh, getting like the retail space built out that they didn't have the bandwidth to actually go and market in their local community. And um, and and draw in you know new customers, and so they were starting slow because by the time the doors open, they didn't really have anything else set up, and so they thought to themselves, "Well, how can we fix this?" And they set up a team that the specific purpose of it was to help franchisees do these two things at once: oversee the build out of the retail space, and then also make sure that they're reaching out to the community and and growing that initial customer base, and that once they fixed that their franchisees uh, uh, just, just were far more successful faster. And that had positive effects throughout the entire system. This, hearing those kinds of things are really interesting because it goes to show how complex these systems are and how you really need smart operators in order for them to be successful. Yeah, I think Jason. But that was Code Ninjas? Okay. I think it was Code Ninjas because they had, what they did was they developed a new center opening team. So that helped them with um, opening the locations and enrollment so that the franchisee could focus on on getting out and marketing and doing doing the grand opening stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've got to, you know, we ran this these long quotes from... Um, from executives. So it was uh, CEO Justin, I'm going to possibly butcher the last name, Nyheiser, uh, who explained that uh, they created this, as Leanne said, new center opening team and gave it some aggressive and robust enrollment mandates for all new franchise locations in 2022. Here, I'm just quoting Justin. This required franchisees and the home office to split their time between overseeing contractors and driving early awareness of code ninjas in any new franchise's local market. That meant more time at Chamber of Commerce events, PTA meetings, STEM nights, and more. It paid off. We're now seeing a 30% improvement in revenue at locations that opened in 2022. That results in a faster return on investment for our franchisees, allowing them the opportunity to enjoy profits at their location. That's really, really smart. That is a company that recognized a challenge in their system and then figured out strategically how to solve it. And you see the instant results. And and also a franchise that listened to their franchisees. Yeah. Right. right. Mm -hmm. And and again, because you know, there's the, the that top down, or we know better, like that really the franchise is supposed to be a partnership, right? And the better the franchisees do, the better the franchisor, 
does and being able to hear that. So really it's, that's one of those where I'm like, kudos to like Code Ninja and their entire leadership team for, for listening to listening to that problem. And then everybody kind of working together to find, find that, find that solution. So um, that's, that's super cool. Hey everyone, I wanted to take a quick break from our podcast to tell you about our amazing friends at Entrepreneur. If you're looking to become a franchisee or simply learn more about business ownership, and guys, let's be honest, you're listening to the Franchising 101 podcast, so we know you have some interest in this. And I really encourage you to go to entrepreneur.com to check out all of their great content and resources. Seriously, Entrepreneur has everything, all the way from a bookstore to the best podcast webinars and videos, plus information on upcoming events and the latest articles that seriously, they cover all aspects of franchising and business ownership. If you're having trouble deciding which franchise is right for you, start with Entrepreneur's renowned Franchise 500 ranking, which highlights the best franchises of 2022. For 45 years and counting now, Entrepreneur has been and continues to be the most widely recognized and respected authority in the franchise market. Digital and print subscriptions are available so you never miss out on anything. So seriously, what are you waiting for? Go to entrepreneur.com right now and learn more. And there were there were there were a handful like that big movers piece is to me kind of cool because it's you know, they, I, to me, I feel like they have, those are groups that have recognized either a problem or an opportunity and, and really kind of figured out how to seize it. Yeah. We always yeah. get questions on how do I get higher on the list and, or what, what brought us down? So that's why these, these stories are good straight from the executives of what they did and how they kind of doubled down in order to, to make some changes. Like even I thought hundred percent chiropractic was interesting because they only offered franchisees to chiropractors. So they opened it up to business owners who will have to hire a chiropractor, but that helped them expand their business twofold. So. Yep. We, and funny you mentioned that we had them on a few months ago and that was one of the things as they were kind of going through that, right. There's just, you know, for somebody that's not a chiropractor, there's a little less data, right. For what, what that looks like, but even, even the things of, I'm not a chiro, I'm, I'm not a chiropractor but I want to own that because I see the, see the value and the need. How do I find those chiropractors, the, the support, the mechanisms, all of those things in place? It's not just, hey, let's let anybody own these. We have to have a really thorough, well-thought-out plan for that. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll raise another one, which I thought was fun, which was Auntie Anne's. Mm-hmm. So Auntie Anne's, they, what were they? Um, they moved up 191 spots this year. Uh, and now they're at uh, number 199. So what do they do? Well, uh, a couple things. Number one, they thought about where uh, where and how to meet consumers where they are. And so that meant introducing some dual branded locations, combining Auntie Anne's with other specialty brands like Jamba and Cinnabon, which is interesting. Um, they started, um, I, I'm just going to read a couple other things here because I, I just love, I love the strategy behind these things. So this comes from Kristen Hartman, who's the specialty brands president for the parent company, Focus Brands. She says, our investment in digital has also reaped impressive results, leading to an increase in items per transaction, digital sales, and delivery orders. Uh, we've utilized our Pretzel Perks app, which has over 1.9 million members to make exclusive offers designed to drive loyalty, guest frequency, and higher average tickets. And by focusing our marketing, I I love this, by focusing their marketing on our most popular product offerings, 
For example, pretzel nuggets are now a bigger seller than traditional pretzels. We've now seen an increase in transactions and check averages. So that's a really interesting granular insight, which is a brand stepping back and saying, all right, what's selling especially well? And what I really love is, you know, sometimes what's selling especially well might even run counter to your own expectations from the brand. I mean, Auntie Anne's, when I think Auntie Anne's, I think the big pretzel, that's that's what the foundation of that brand. But here, you know, they got to bow to reality and reality says apparently that uh, pretzel nuggets are a bigger seller than traditional pretzels. So, okay, if you know that, if you know that that's resonating with people right now, well then shift the marketing and focus in on what people are telling you that they love. And as a result, they will love you more. But that totally lines with number one, your Taco Bell story. Yes. With the Mexican pizza. So that's they, totally they, true. They did not know that Mexican pizza was so wildly popular. They relaunched it, had unexpected, um, uh, amazing results from it, ran out of, <laughs> ran out of product and then had to figure out how to take a step back, relaunch it again. And, it, and it's, they probably will never get rid of Mexican pizza ever again, had a Super Bowl ad with Doja Cat. And so, um, that that's, that's testament to what Auntie Anne said too. Not sure that that was their most popular item, but when they put it out there, it turns out it was right, right. Just to add a little more context to what Leanne's saying there. So, you know, Taco Bell is our number one, um, uh, uh, brand in the franchise 500. And so the number one brand we go really, really deep on, we do a whole long feature and, we opened this one. The story that we wrote about Taco Bell was really how Taco Bell has figured out how to maintain its cultural cool. And the story we opened with is the Mexican pizza, which Taco Bell had had killed in 2020 as an effort to just simplify uh, like its supply chain during the pandemic. They're just like, you know, what's not selling as well? And how can we simplify the ingredients that we're stocking? And so um, out went the Mexican pizza. What they did not know was that apparently there was just a deep love of the Mexican pizza out there. So people were demanding it back. And, you know, Taco Bell could have looked at this and said, oh, we've made a terrible mistake. How embarrassing. But instead, what they did is they looked at it as, a, as an opportunity because, okay, fine, they took this thing away and some people are upset. But that also positions Taco Bell to be the hero by bringing it back. And so they were really smart and strategic about how they brought it back. And as a result, like Leanne said, sales were through the roof. They like sold out of Mexican pizza and it became a part of this thing that Taco Bell now does, which is to be in touch regularly with its consumers, to survey its consumers. Um, They're now doing a thing where they, at least on some kind of uh, regular basis, now ask consumers which product from the past should be brought back. Um, So there's another one coming back, which I am blanking on what it is exactly right now, but um, if you're a big Taco Bell fan, I'm sure you can uh, go find it. And uh, and and I, I I love that because it also goes to show that look, things go wrong, things will go wrong. You will make mistakes, but that doesn't mean that you're set back permanently. Sometimes, an error or a challenge is actually the greatest setup for you to then be the hero to your consumer. And I just kind of wonder when they when they brought that back and it got sold out. If if almost that was strategic because then it's now going to like raise the awareness of, of the demand, right? We had so many people wanted this, it's sold out. And then now it's like, 
And my, my nine-year-old likes Taco Bell. So I get stuck going, not stuck. I get the ability to go to Taco Bell with him. Um, I am, uh, yeah, next, next, next week it's, it's a Mexican pizza for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I am going to give that a shot. There you go. Well, so. I, I'll, I'll fill it. I'll fill in. Cause I know that uh, everyone is on the edge of their seat wondering what <laughs> item is being brought back. So anyway, in, uh, from late September to early October of 2022, Taco Bell held a vote asking, which of these two it should revive, either the double-decker taco or the enchirito, which is an ench- an enchilada burrito hybrid. Uh, in 10 days, the company received more than 760,000 votes, and the winner was the enchirito. I'm just pausing to make sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. I think I am, which had been off the menu, apparently. Um, <laughs> we write, since many members of Gen Z were in middle school, so it's been a while. But now it's back, or it's coming back. Okay. But the, well, we've, to finish no. that to finish that up, um, Jason, and and to kind of wrap it all up. Um, but it was another surprise to Taco Bell because they thought it was going to be the double decker. Oh yes, that's right, they did. But you never know until you ask your consumer. Yeah, yeah. I, the, it's it's I crazy what happens when you just yeah. It's crazy what happens when you just ask questions and then like yeah. list, listen. Who knew, right? So. Um, which, um, it was fun. I was just reading, uh, Jason this morning and I, and I, I think I read it and then I realized that, 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 you, that you wrote it. So it's not like another shameless plug for you, but the, <laughs> the, 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 is, is our new problem better than our old problem? Right? Oh yeah. Uh, which is what's the name of that? Uh, or we're obsessed with the wrong question, right? So yeah. well, then a- ask them, right. But then ask the proper one. And and then shut the heck up and listen. <laughs> so you'll you'll right. get the information you need if you can do those things. Yeah, what what you're referencing is my editor's letter. So um, and and thanks. I'm glad that that jumped out to you. So I I found that people ask themselves the wrong question far too often, particularly when they're looking trying to evaluate some kind of change that's happening. The question that they ask themselves is: Is this perfect? Is this perfect? And if it's not perfect. Then they think maybe it's not worth doing, right? Oh, put something out in the world, you know, release a new product. Is it perfect? Do people like it? Or you know, or there's some new technology that you're trying to um, a- a- adopt at your company. Is this thing perfect? And you know, the problem is, of course, that I'll tell you the answer. The answer is no. It's not perfect. It doesn't matter what circumstance we're talking about here. It is never perfect. Nothing is perfect. So if we're going to evaluate things by whether or not they're perfect, then we're not actually going to try anything new because everything is going to be imperfect. So there has to be a better way to evaluate new things. And my proposition is that we ask this question, is our new problem better than our old problem? Because once we do that, we start to track progress by problems. And we also start to just sit with the reality that there will be problems, that Everything that we do is is going to be in need of some kind of fixing or improvement. And so once we're able to look realistically at what progress looks like, which is to say that it is not an upward path to perfection, but rather just a slow progression of making things better, then we get to say, well, is this new problem better than my old problem? If it is, that's progress. And now we can start to work on this new problem. And once we solve that, we will hopefully get an even better problem. The, and I, I, I just, I happened to see that this morning and was talking with one of our clients who is at the end of the process, they are headed to a discovery day. Right. And been like, like many folks that go into franchising, been in the corporate world, very successful, 
um, kind of has a job, not, not working currently, kind of has a job search going on, but really doesn't want to go do that, right? But as we're evaluating the franchise, he used the word perfect, right? Mm. Like, I'm trying to see if this is a perfect fit. And I'm like, it's not. It was like, it's, let me help you. It's not, right? <laughs> and I totally shameless plugged. I said, the only thing that is perfect is my wife. And I said, I want you to repeat that to her every chance you, you get. And Leanne, please share that with her as well. So the, but it's, but it's, it's, it's not, I'm like, but is it, can you see yourself doing that rather than going back to get another job? He's like, oh, hell yes. Right. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Right. So now is that the right one? Well, we've eliminated others because of all of these reasons. So it just, it, it was, it was, it was kind of ironic this morning because it, it stuck out based on, based on that conversation, but it really does tie to, to, to franchising, right. Is, is, is owning a franchise being, being the person in charge of whatever problem is going to come up because they're going to come up, right? Is that, is that better than what you did before? As you're looking into the franchises, are they connecting with you so much more than the, you know, the ancha burrito or double double chalupa (laughs) or the Mexican pea? It's so much more than that. It's that overall kind of, kind of culture and vibe of the franchise. Um, So super cool. Um, I want to, I want to like, let you guys share a little bit about some of the just fantastic, amazing resources that you can also find on entrepreneur.com. Um, before I jump, jump there as kind of the last thing, anything else from the franchise 500 list in particular, you guys really want to kind of share with everybody today? Um, I mean, I think, I, I think there's lots we can share. We have some, we have some really great articles about becoming a wealthy franchisee how much can I make in a, in, as a franchisee and what kind of questions to ask yourself? Um, we also have um, like a discovery day process, what discovery day is like for a specific brand. Um, Unleashed brands open their doors to us. And so we got to follow some potential franchisees and some existing franchisees to see what that process is like. And then I think um, one of the article, well, two good articles, they're all good articles. Uh. Uh, um, but one of them is, am I an entrepreneur or a systempreneur, which I think is very interesting, um, in terms of thinking about franchising. Um, we know that potential franchisees have an entrepreneurial want, but they might not be an entrepreneurial entrepreneur. So a systempreneur, uh, that kind of aligns a little bit more with franchising and, and kind of fills all the buckets for them. So that's a, that's a great story. And then, um, if I didn't say it already, but how if, should I buy a franchise in a down economy? Um, and I think that's, that's very interesting for our, our time here in 2023. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those were all really great resources. Um, so Leanne, thanks for shouting them all out. I'll, I'll add just this one other tiny thing, just cause it's fun, which is that we, we've never done this before. So you know, as, as Leanne said, there were more than 1300 brands that applied to be on, on the, on the ranking and uh, only 500 are on the ranking, franchise 500. And so the rest, uh, we list out, actually, we list out every, every brand um, in the magazine, but, uh, but you know, they're, they're unranked. So we decided just kind of for funsies to go look at what are some of the more interesting new concepts that are showing up in the, the unranked, because, you know, those are usually small brands. They may only have a few locations, if that, but sometimes they're indicators of, interesting new ideas or trends. And so I'll just read, I'll just read a couple of them to you. So there is a brand called Funbox, which is 
uh, builds itself as the world's biggest bounce park. So imagine, imagine like a bouncy castle for your kids, except that it's 25,000 square feet. <laughs> sounds, <laughs> it sounds insane. Uh, so that's, that's a fun one. Um, there is a, uh, a place called Salty Paws, believed to be the first ever dog ice cream shop in the U.S., uh, which is to say uh, it's a place that serves do- like dog, like ice cream for dogs, um, uh, just in case that's not clear. Uh, <laughs> I smash sounds really fun. I, spla- I smash is basically a place to go and smash things. It contains what it calls, calls rage rooms where people can just <laughs> destroy household items. Also splatter paint, paint activities like uh, glow in the dark paint to create art in a room with a black light. And then of course, ax throwing a familiar favorite. Uh, there is a, Buzzed Bull Creamery, which sells alcohol-infused ice cream, and uh, and more. So, um, you know, give it some time. Maybe uh, maybe one of those uh, or others will start rivaling Taco Bell at the top. But it, you know, it's just it's fun to see what people are cooking up, and it shows you that you know franchising isn't just a place where uh, uh, you know the only options available are are the same options from forty years ago. There's always something new. Yeah. Um. Well, I love it, guys. Um, just any kind of quickly, anything other just outside of the magazine and the Franchise 500 kind of edition on the website itself that you would want to really make sure people are aware of that's kind of maybe always on there or or, or I know there's some new things that are there and coming to help educate people on franchising. Yeah, so so we're, we're continuously working to kind of reimagine the Franchise Resource Center on our, on our site. We've got a a lot of people working in the background to to kind of rebuild and be able to provide more content and, and better user journeys so that if you are a prospect, you can continue to stay on the prospect journey. And if you are a franchisor, you can find those resources that are available to you as a franchisor, which might be a little bit different than the prospect or the candidate. Um, so, so all of that is evolving over time. Um, we do have, if anybody who is interested, they're a prospect, they're a candidate, they're thinking about franchising, we do have like a matchmaker quiz. Um, basically it, it kind of asks you a series of questions on, on, you know, are you interested in owning a business? What's your income level? All of those kinds of things. Where, where are you located? And then it'll match, match them up with all of the brands listed on our website, not just the 500. We have all 1300 plus, and then some, um, franchise brands on our website who, if you're a franchisor can apply to, to have a free listing on our website. And then people who are doing research use our site very often to look at various franchise opportunities. Um, so that's a great way to kind of get into our nurturing program where we provide resources, webinars, podcasts. Um, I know this is, we're recording this today. We've got a webinar tomorrow with Scott Greenberg, who's, you know, is, uh, the author of The Wealthy Franchisee, and he's going to talk about how to become a better franchisee and, and make more money and, and do all of the things that he does t- to talk about that. And uh, he's he's such a great speaker. So we, we continuously have those things. We just launched Entrepreneur TV this earlier this year. Um, so just check out entrepreneur.com, click on franchises, um, fill out the quiz, and, and get in our newsletter and, and our emails so that we can continue to provide great resources for you. Awesome. Um, Jason, anything else missing that you'd want to kind of share, share today? And I can't thank you guys enough for coming on. I know how super busy you guys are. So thank you. But um, Jason, any last little things that, that you'd want to add? 
Oh, no, thanks. I really appreciate it. I this, All those resources are great and you should totally go check them out. It's sort of endless well of, of, of value. And, um, you know, the one thing uh, I, I'll just add, I'll just add with this. Stop me if I said this last year on the podcast. <laughs> I can't remember, but it's just it's just something that I always think about when we're producing these lists. Which is uh, years ago, I was I, I was hired to speak at a dream vacation. So Dream Vacations is a, a travel agency franchise. I was hired to speak at a Dream Vacations franchisee convention, which of course takes place on a cruise. And so I did that and it, you know, the talk went very well and whatever. And then there was a party that night and I was there and one of the franchisees came over to me with a very old copy of Entrepreneur and she flipped to this page in the back where we had listings and she showed me the place that she had circled dream vacations. She had just she'd been searching through the list, looking for the franchise that was right, not perfect, but right for her, you know, for her. And uh, and Dream Vacations was interesting, and she looked into it, and ultimately became a Dream Dream Vacations franchisee, and it changed her life. And you know, now she's got this business, and she's the boss, and she's here on this cruise. And I just always think about that moment when I and the rest of the team are making this issue because. You know, it's um, in one way, what it is, is a whole lot of names in order. Uh, that's what a list is. But you have to remember that this is this is the kind of resource that people flip through and, and imagine different lives for themselves as a result. And what it takes is circling a name and doing some research and finding the one that makes the most sense. And uh, you're off on a great new adventure. Absolutely. No, it's, it's a little cheesy, but it's, it's life, it's life changing, right? That pesky filter. Yeah. The, um, the blur filter really hates <laughs> we're, we're for those listening, we're like holding things up to the screen, but the, the zoom blur filter like really hates magazine covers. It just starts blurring them out. Uh, well, awesome. Well guys, thank you so much for, for your, your time. Um, in, in joining us today. And if you don't have the magazine, go pick it up. Uh, go online, entrepreneur.com, um, spelling, spelling, spelling test, E-N-T-R-E-P-R-E-N-E-U-R. And yes, I spell that wrong every single time <laughs> I type it in still, but um, go there. And then as always, don't forget about a little less folks over here at Francoach, francoach.net, franchising101podcast.net. Um, we're here, never any fee for our service to help you, uh, but go check out everything at Entrepreneur. Thank you guys, uh, Jason, Leanne, so much for joining us. Um, and we'll just go ahead and pencil in this, uh, this date a year from now for our third annual talk of the 44th or 45th annual edition of this next year. So thanks guys. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, oh, thanks. We'll, I'll talk to you then. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Fran Coach's Franchising 101 podcast where our ultimate goal is to help educate you on all things franchising so you can create your better tomorrow.